We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. That is the uh, winner for the earliest camera malfunction of the show in show <laughs> history. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is, of course, Kenny. What's up, Kenny? What's up, man? What's going on? I'm always here. I feel like I'm on an OG Heat Beat show, and the audio audio listeners can understand that in a couple seconds, but um, glad to be here. Kenny, Kenny with the good internet. Um, <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and on the right, if you're watching on Twitch, you see his smiling face. If you're listening on the pod feed, you've seen his name in the description. Five Reason Zone, Saucy Nuggets Insider, co-host of Five on the Floor, Saucy Nuggets Insider, Lefty Leif, or as the people know him now, Greg. What up, Leif? That sounds weird for you to I'm say. I'm never Greg. saying that again. Yeah. Like it's so <laughs> funny. Like just and happy to be here, but we're not gonna go through like that. Like this is family stuff. I'm a heat beat lifer too. Like you left that off of the end of the bio there. Um, but yes, it is dope to be here. Uh, please call me Leif throughout the show. No more the Greg Sylvander stuff. Let's get rid of that right now. And um, and yeah, it's it's lefty Leif today. It's Leif, dog. It's Leif. I put Leif. Looks like I put Lefty Leif in the little description. The Chiron. For those who don't know, listen, Leif. A lot of new people on Twitter, you know, it's know true. you from five. They don't know that, like you and Alex. You know, you guys came up through here, and you know, you guys have made incredible careers uh, over at Five Reasons. But you know, like a lot of a lot of you know, you're alumni. If it weren't for Heat Beat, there would be no Lefty Leif uh, and all of this stuff. So I think that there, it's it's super dope to be back. I wish that I did it more often. But as you know, we are frequently recording episodes of Five on the <laughs> yes. Floor. So uh, that take does take up most of the the waking moments that are not to the kids and the fam, etc. So, uh, But I'm definitely happy to be back. And, um, and I guess we have stuff to talk about finally. It felt like the season was dragging. Yeah. And now here we are. We got stuff to talk about. We have so much to get to. So Shout out to works. Mover81 <laughs> uh, for the five gifted tier one subs. Shout out to the Frog333. Subscribed uh, tier one uh, for 11 months. That's the stuff we love to see. If you want a free subscription on Twitch, uh, there is a link in chat. If you have Amazon Prime, gaming.amazon.com. Uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Jeff Bezos so very graciously gifts you a sub, so you can you can subscribe here and use our emotes like the like the mechanic. Although he hasn't played very well lately, and he had a belt uh, on the bench. We could get into that in a second. Leif, <laughs> last night felt like I don't want to say a turning point for them because you know I, I was talking to some 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 friends who are doing like NBA reporters, and they're like, oh, that's the worst loss of the season. I was like, I don't know, man. They lost to Detroit at home early in the season. That was pretty bad. <laughs> It was certainly the most embarrassing one because of how public it was. And I don't even know where to start. I guess I want to ask you, like, do you think any of this is a big deal? Oh, gosh. Why you got to hit me with the hard hitting That's a loaded one. Right? Because we, we, yeah, we, go, no. we branch out. No, no, no. 
that this is good. I'm, I'm, you go to straight to the heart of the emotion here. Um, I actually do think that there is some significance to it. I do think it's important. Does it matter? Yes, I guess. So like, that's the short answer to that question. I think we can dive into the different levels of what matters and what doesn't. Uh, and I'll tell you why I think it matters because generally speaking, I think y'all know, like, I'm not an alarmist. I am not a canned food and bottle water head, like start, you know, Armageddon, things are going to get bad. Like that's not me. Um, but so for me to have cause for concern, I feel like there, there is some, some stuff to talk about, but it, it isn't, it's not doom and gloom yet, but there are some things about it that I think we should unpack. Kenny, it was really the first time that they were in a, a legit media light. It was, mm-hmm. they were leading, they were leading shows for the first time, you know, and finally, right? Is this, finally. Is, it's, it's the, the monkey's paw. For like three months straight. Yeah, you know, be Phoenix on the road without any of their guys, just absolutely ran them out of the gym. We can get to that later. We have some, some things to talk about there. But uh, Kenny, like, do you, you know, they, they responded to that, I think in the moment and then they kind of fizzled out so like I, Kenny, I saw a little life. Do you, you know, before we kind of get into the micros, you know, in the macro, does any of that concern you? The actual altercation, I would say no, but I do trust Leif in saying there may be more to it than that. But as far as from what I see from the outside looking in, They've had situations like that, whether it's Gabe Payton versus D-Wade, whether it's Bo versus D-Wade, whether it's LeBron versus Chalmers on the sideline. And D-Wade. Yeah, and D-Wade. Like, they've had these things before. So from my perspective, not really knowing the team like that, it just seems like another Miami Heat thing. We also know with Jimmy Butler, he's had those situations, and that's how he was raised in the league, really. I'd say yesterday, Taj Gibson and Joe Kim Noah taught Jimmy to, like, be that type of teammate. And that's the way those Bulls practices were. And he carried that along with him throughout his career. It didn't work anywhere pretty much except for sort of in Philadelphia and here in Miami. And so as of right now, I'm not going to necessarily sound, sound the alarm. But they do have to figure that shit out because the playoffs are coming up. I will say this, Leif. When that shit went sideways, and I don't know how many times you've watched all the angles of those videos, and I've watched them a ton because there is a lot of funny in it, including PJ Tucker uh, picking up the papers <laughs> and the clipboard after both. It felt like when your when your fucking older brother pisses your parents off, and yeah. like your parents throw the damn like throw some shit, and you're just picking them up like, oh, mommy, sorry, like you know, you're kind of like the responsible one, yeah, so you're going behind and you're like keeping things in order. But did you see him before that? He took a sip of his Gatorade, took a deep sigh, and then got up. (laughs) But it, like, Lave, dog, it was the vets. Like, it was Kyle and PJ that legitimately got them in the game because Jimmy didn't do a ton of shooting. And Bam looked a little bit out of sorts. And, you know, Kyle hit the back to back threes, hit, hit, hit Bam on a cut. You know, PJ, you know, had that and one layup and another putback. That's why Pat loves vets, man, because, like, that shit was sinking and those dudes, you know, as embarrassing as I'm sure that that was publicly, they righted the ship in the moment. Now I, they know that they lost it, but you know, that could have been uglier. Oh yeah. And I think like, that's something to watch. When is it? Friday. Is that when we play yeah. next? Friday. Yeah. So next. we play, we got New York and Brooklyn. Everyone's like just talking about the Brooklyn game. That, that, that becomes the big topic of conversation, but we got a game before that. I'm interested to see what they look like after that. Cause to your point, they like rebounded mid game from that scenario. And I felt like, Ooh, like this is actually good. Look, they have edge again. They look like they're moving around and they care again. Um, and they had just been a little flattened and, and clumsy, I would say. And then obviously that didn't transpire. So now like it has to translate once emotions have calmed and such. And, and I know you said we're going to get into the micro, but, The reason why I'm alarmed by it is, I mean, one, there were some things that Ethan heard on the road that I think, and we can talk about like just kind of how that was weird, but the way Spolster reacted, that's what gets me. And when I watch it over and over again, like I just have never seen him fly off the handle like that. And so like, there's just a part of that that means to me that that's been festering, that's been brewing. 
And so that bothers me. That's where I'm concerned. Otherwise, like if any team can deal with something like this, it's yeah. absolutely this group. You know what I mean? Like that's clear conscience. We're good. But it's just a matter of how long has Spo been holding on to that? Uh, not even waiting. not even with Hassan, he did that. And I'm sure he That's had what moments. I mean. that, and also, like, Jimmy's the max guy. And you got UD pointing in his face, like, being like, I'm going to whoop your ass. Like, that's the I tweeted this, but I hate to reiterate it. Like, that's the kind of stuff he does to, like, punk Lance Stevenson on the sideline. Dwight Howard. And, like, to, to do that to Jimmy on the home floor, like, when he knew everyone was watching, just to me, that means that, like, they had had enough. So like whatever enough is, I'm doing air quotes as I'm here. Um, I just am interested at that part. And that's what we're, we're trying to chase down right now. Information wise. Everybody sided with the suits. When does, you know what I mean? Like who they, yeah. Kyle is, that's Jimmy's boy. Right. Kyle's not even like having Jimmy's back. Like PJ's not like Deadman's not. Udonis is, you know, doing what, what you do. Like nobody in that huddle was with them and they, they did great management the the post game pressers though i'll just say kyle and pj were kyle went out brilliant. first they're so smart they're smart they're yeah. like okay who can we send out there that's not gonna say some shit that's gonna make us feel <laughs> uncomfortable kyle you go pj you go and like that was it you know we didn't see uh really anybody controversial so there that was well played by them too jimmy jimmy didn't come out right Oh, hell no. And Spolstra <laughs> didn't come out first. Usually yeah, Spo comes out first. immediately comes in, says what he's going to say and gets the hell out of there. He was like the third one. So it's just a weird night overall. That It's little stuff like that that you notice and you're like, okay, people are, are a little off their game. They're knocked off their uh, comfortable meter a little bit. Kenny, what were you going to say? I, yeah, so I do want to say um, they absolutely – positively no question needed this regardless because like we've been saying they have been sleepwalking through the season and while we do want and expect them to get up and be 100% motivated all throughout it's difficult when you have that big of a um, lead and lead for first place and you have the playoffs coming up and you gotta just get through this last three weeks of the season it is difficult to get motivated and also Seeing that yesterday, it does, you can start to put pieces together. Like, okay, lately Jimmy has been, like, settling for weird shots when other guys are open. Maybe there is some stuff where people are a little frustrated with him, and it hasn't been a big deal. But now whatever he must have said in the huddle must have gone ahead and just put some guys over the edge. But the thing that is comforting to me is other people's reactions. Nobody around them really seemed like it was that big of a deal. <laughs> It was like just another day in the office. So that's the part that's encouraging to me. Especially Duncan. Cause like Duncan seems like the kind of guy who would hide <laughs> under a chair when something goes bad like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what's Duncan going to do? Be like, Shut up. Just take your hand off. Like, <laughs> but even Duncan was like, you know, dunk my, my favorite dunk moment. I love Duncan so much, man. He walks like, you know, supposed kind of coming back for Jimmy and Duncan's kind of walking. He puts his hand out. The same way you do when you're crossing a street and a car stops for you, how you kind of put your hand out like, hey, thanks, but stop. That's like yeah. the D- Dunk did that move coming by. And I'm like, poor think, Dunk, man. Think about like, I'm trying to think of like who would have been most awkward in heat history in that moment. Is it Luke Babbitt? Like that's in that moment. And it's like, he can't handle it. Can't hack it. Who else? Oh my God! I'm uh, probably Doliak, um, Michael Doliak. What do, we, what do we think of? Um, no, um, Kyle Guy sure. would have been good. Kyle Guy. It's Kyle Guy in his hair. Was he even there? You, I, I don't think he was there. He's out, right? He has no some idea. sort of injury, right? Yeah, at the yeah. nail tech. Yeah, so <laughs> that that's funny, <laughs> Leif, dude. The thing that stood out to me is that. For the first time, I think, in Jimmy's career that he's been like an A1 star, right? He is not the most important person in an organization. Because when he was in Chicago post-Rose, he was the, he's bigger than the owner. He's bigger than the GM. He's bigger than them. Because the banners in their building were put up 20 years ago, right? The people that in, in Philadelphia have never done any winning. He's bigger than the coach. He's bigger than, uh, the, he's bigger than everybody. In Minnesota, same thing. And he comes here. He is not bigger than the organization. He is not bigger than Riley. He's not bigger than Spo. And when UD is pointing a fucking finger at him, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, what the fuck have you ever done? 
You look up, I put that there. Spo and I put those up there. Not you. I played with that guy, with Shaq, that guy, Dwayne, that guy, Alonzo. You see them? I, that's, we did that. Who are you, right? And it's like, I don't know. It looked a little humble. Like it, I don't know. It was just a, it dawned on me that Jimmy's like, it, it was, I saw some tweet. It was like, uh, you know, uh, LeBron wanted Spo out of there. This is like baby shit to him. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy's not like it. That's exactly. You know what I mean? It's an interesting perspective, actually, that you say that. I don't think Spolstra's phased. I actually think this was a moment where, to me, Spolstra is like telling essentially everybody, like, like I run this shit. Like, 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 let's just <laughs> That's make job sure that security that right understood. there. <laughs> and, and, and I like that. Like, I, I mean, I, it's a Riley move, quite frankly. Like, he's pulling out the Riley playbook, but, um, there's also just, and, and I don't want to keep cycling back to this, but what comes with that, why Spolstra is who he is, why he was able to get through those things with Dwayne and those dust-ups with Braun or whoever, is I felt like there was a level of composure he poised that he always kept, and you didn't see it in front of everybody else. So for him to go so public with it, it's either a very strategic, motivational tactic which will one day be written in a book similar to the Riley winner, <laughs> the winner within, within books where he dunks his head in the ice bath or whatever. It'll be like Spolstra's ways of motivating. Um, or it could take the team in the other direction. So that's just where I'm real interested. This is like the most interesting heat Knicks game since like Dwayne had a bloody face from, from Gallinari, like coming up on Friday. No, Linsanity, <laughs> man. Linsanity. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Let me just say though, first of all, that was my absolute favorite way moment. That, that was? Bloody nose, that bloody, when, yeah. It's not it. weird, like he had the championships, all that stuff, but being like a, I must have been like 13, 14 at the time watching that, that's the most exciting shit I've ever seen. But yeah, I think this is going to help the team more than anything. Like I said, they absolutely needed that. They've been sleepwalking. And Jimmy, I think to Lay's point, Jimmy absolutely is motivated by stuff like that. So you can't just like, you're probably not going to just talk to Jimmy softly and gently and get him to do what you need him to do. And so maybe this was the way to do it. Maybe Spo did add a little extra stuff in there. Obviously, there was real anger. Maybe he added something a little extra in there. It's, yeah. a, it's like Jack, uh, Weird Alf, Jack Alfonso always says, you know, Jimmy responds to shit talk. It's why, Al, it's why Jack yeah. calls them edibles. Because when you shit talk edibles, <laughs> they kick your ass. <laughs> I love that. Shout out to Jack, dude. That's super dope. J Jack says in chat, uh, "Spo over any player, if we're honest, except Wade." I probably think that's true. I think sure. that like yeah. Spo wins that. I'm, except I'm through putting anyone on on t- front top of Dwayne. We're never. We're doing never. That no, again. in this market, like nobody. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Know, yeah. Um, but other than that, it you got to build some ma- some major equity to go on in front of Spo now, right? Yeah. And Jimmy hasn't necessarily done that yet. Hasn't won yet, really. I mean, again, that finals run was great, but again, the banners... I hate that we're doing this. It feels No, I, I don't want to. It's just like, <laughs> it's just the reality of like, they're, and the reason why this, like, if this happened in Milwaukee, I think that obviously it would lead news, but I don't think it would be reacted like this. It's because they haven't won and they shouldn't, I mean, they, they feel like they're coasting at times. I think Lowry justifiably has been coasting. And I think we've kind of seen lately he's been wrapping up the shooting, you know, being oh, yeah. the drop killer that we expected him to be, kind of getting to the rim more, which is, I think, natural for a guy his age. You know, Jimmy's a lot younger. And I know Jimmy has a ton of miles, but Jimmy has looked like he's coasting a little. They did they played with more edge in some preseason games than they have in some regular season games. Like that first half against Detroit the other day, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I saw them play a preseason game where they were jumping into the damn courtside seats like they were playing with more urgency so i think they know they're good i think that they're just like whatever we're the one seed like it's probably unlikely that any of these teams touch us we're good enough that we can and and they've been wrong but i don't know man it's just weird you had mentioned that you know you think that some stuff might have been bubbling up some stuff on the road mm-hmm. what, what yeah. what's what's so, going on um so so yeah i, I can give you the the quick uh answer there ethan went on the last road trip and he hasn't been traveling obviously on the road for all, you know, like a beat guy, like he used to, Uh, but he hit up Philadelphia and, um, you know, just heard from multiple people that are around the team um, that they were concerned about Jimmy and, and was taken aback by it. Cause you know, like we just haven't heard that kind of stuff come out of there um, often. 
And and that was before this incident. So imagine like I'm watching that Philadelphia game and they're blowing it because like both of these games have been so annoying. They're playing teams with like players you can't scout for. And you know that that's always a, a, a hard thing to do, but they should just by sheer talent, they should win. And they didn't. Um, knowing that the Jimmy stuff was kind of in the background and then seeing it manifest on the court yesterday, you know, like uh, that's, you know, that's where I guess more of my level of concern comes from is like knowing that there was some of that stuff that was starting to creep out of that locker room uh, in it. Well, I won't say inadvertently. It was very much on purpose, but the fact that it spilled over onto the team showing it, it's just like the timing of that. I can't ignore. I, I guess like the timing of the information I can't ignore at this point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's 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 wild. And then the quotes from the Reynolds AP story about his coffee and like, you know, oh, yeah, winning is important to me. But and then getting healthy is important to me. But which, in fairness to Jimmy, you know, that quote was taken a bit out of context. It was just Big more time. of that. He just wants to enjoy other things in life. Not unlike Chris Bosh, by the way. I mean, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's an interesting dude who like he's a know, normal human. Oh. Yes. Check out uh, Rohan Nancardi's piece in Sports Illustrator just about Jimmy in general. Just a super fascinating guy that has, like I said, like Chris Bosch has a ton of interest outside of outside of the game. But kind of those quotes come out, you know, the stuff that you had told me. And I that, miss Rohan. I miss Ro too, man. We got to bring him back. You know, he's the the one national guy that is really out here batting for us and Cortez. Yeah, well, and he, but he don't come on five on the floor. Like he he's, he's loyal to Miami Heat, and deep. I respect the hell it's out of guy, that. Dude. But like, I miss him, man. That's my homie. Anyway, let's let's continue. One of the best, <laughs> but, but for people who don't know, Rose, one of the best fucking people I've ever met. Dude's amazing. Yeah. Still hasn't been to Flanagan's though. He's ducking Flanagan's. You got to got to change that. What? You know, he's ever been to a Flanagan's? It's it Flanagan's and Steve Pete, Steve's Pizza. I don't know about Steve's, but I don't know Steve's is a little North Miami life. I'm 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 West Kendall. Oh, <laughs> that's not my. We have a Steve. That's we, another podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> another. Right, we'll go to South. <laughs> so, yeah, I you know the 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 stuff that you said is is certainly interesting in that context. He's looked dejected at times, and at like that Milwaukee game on the road that they lost by one. I don't know if because like he doesn't have lift on the jumper, right? And no. the the mid range shooting has been really down this year. The post up numbers have really gone down. After um after a really torrid start, you know, he was absolutely devastating dudes in the post, not switch hunting as much, really just looking for the turnaround a lot. 
Um, the free throw rate has gone down a little bit. You know, if he if he's not just catching in transition and he's pump faking five times, you know, he's just kind of looking for a post up and a turnaround, and then that's it. And his game has just felt a little different. And I don't know if it's tired legs because they've you know he's had a lot of miles. You know, especially here and and with Tibbs. I don't know if it's that, but he looks lethargic at times. And I don't know how to feel about that. And everybody that I've talked to, it's like, how do you feel about Miami? And they're like, I mean, I would have picked them over the Bucks or the Celtics, but like, they're good. I'd probably pick them over the Sixers and the Bulls. Like, you know, they're like, okay, like they're, they're in that tier, but like probably below. And it all comes back to like, no one really trusts Jimmy and everyone's kind of scarred from the Bucks series last year. So Leif, I don't know what to make of that. And I don't know how that even fits into the bigger picture of yesterday of just people yeah. just fucking fed up with him. It's interesting because he's not shooting that much worse than he did his first season in Miami. And y'all are way quicker with the stats. So prove me, keep me honest. Pulling it up. Wrong. Pulling it up. And I'm pretty damn sure he's not shooting that yeah, much it's, worse. It's pretty similar from what I saw. Even from like mid-range, et cetera. And we're really, really yeah. upset about the mid-range pull-ups and the, the, the turnarounds and the one-footed shots. Um, <laughs> I think uh, shooting two percentage points better for mid range. There we go. See, um, so this is I have a theory here, um, and some of it's based on information. Some of it's based on just like you have to start to become a little bit logical and critically think through some of this stuff. Uh, I had heard that they, you know, we're we're looking at the late game offense, looking at kind of just the evolution of this team since the all-star break. And it had been pretty clear that just this was naturally evolving into a offense that Tyler could flourish in. And he was really front and center. And I, I just think that some of what we're seeing, I don't know if it has to do with the, um, the push pull of a star player learning that maybe there are other uh, players on the team that can be primary offensive options at times, uh, I'm trying to like be as diplomatic as possible because I don't want it to come across like beef. It's just the adjustment that any player would make when all of a sudden a dude is coming out of nowhere and all of a sudden just leading the league in, or leading the team in scoring right alongside him. Like everyone's not that. Going. I don't. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just it's a different move. It, it's you got somebody on your doorstep, and for the team it's good. But I just I think each individual player has to kind of they have to absorb that information on their own. And I don't know that Jimmy has necessarily gotten comfortable with that yet because the late game stuff, like why doesn't he facilitate more when he came to Miami? We were, th- we were talking about him as kind of like playing a lot of point guard stuff. And like, yeah. I just feel like he's gotten away from that a little bit. Right. He still, he still does. So Kenny, I actually want to use a uh, Leif's point to springboard something that we've talked about before, but I looked at the numbers yeah. again and there, it always concerns me. Jimmy plus Kyle plus Bam plus nine, 110, about 111 offensive rating. Not a very good offensive rating, but very good defensive rating. And that's obviously plus nine net rating is amazing. Kyle and Bam, no Jimmy, plus 12 net rating, 121 offensive rating. Kyle plus Jimmy plus three, 122 offensive rating. When the three of them play together, and then uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Bam, no Lowry, um, plus four, 111 offensive rating. There's something about Kyle plus another one without the other one that the offense is just boom, 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 boom. Typically, that's with Tyler on the floor. Tyler finishes possessions. Yeah. Kyle organizes the offense, gets him into sets very quickly. Jimmy is a non-shooter. I think we've seen guys help off of him. He's an easy switch now, especially if you're a bigger guy. He's not as quick, so he's not really beating, breaking guys down especially without set. So like that to me is a really interesting and important thing. Their offense Mm -hmm. with all three is just not good. And part of that's on Jimmy. A lot of it's on Jimmy, I would say. Um, It partially is, but at the same time, we just have to. So Kyle's not Kyle's past first point guard and there's nothing wrong with that. I know past few weeks he should have been more aggressive and he has been lately, but he's a past first point guard. But what happens now is the places you want to get Bam and Jimmy the ball are typically the same places. And so now you just have one guy screening or whatever the case is, not really much of a threat. When you bring Tyler in, Tyler can create his own shot. He's going on all three levels. There's more room to operate. And so back to Lake's point, 
and it makes a ton of sense now because I think the turning point might have been that second Raptors. Well, no, whichever one was a triple overtime. And Fuck typically going into the season, well, going through the season, it was just no matter what, into the game, we're going to Jimmy. We're living and dying by Jimmy. There was one of those um, plays where they ran something for Tyler. It didn't work out, but they ran something for him. It was like, oh, that's interesting. And now we come back post-All-Star. Tyler's averaging 25 at one point, and Jimmy's kind of adjusting. But again, it's not anything I would necessarily worry about, but it is kind of a strange time for that not to be a smooth transition, considering the fact the playoffs are three weeks away. They're still the second highest handoff team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting less, they're the fourth most efficient on it. And it's under a point per possession. Mm. That's not great. And I think Leif, we wanted them to be a bit more kind of pick and roll heavy. Uh, they're near the middle. They're near the bottom as a pick and roll team. They, they rank about 20th in pick and roll frequency uh, to score. That's I think we, we just wanted them to pick one of those things and yeah. do it all the damn time and be, like, reliable with it, right? Like, that's what I feel like is missing, and I think it's why teams are doubting. I don't like this whole that they're the Atlanta Hawks type one seed. I that's think that, not that's it. bullshit. Yeah, that's taking it um, but I do think that, like, there is something to be said for the fact that, like, like Ro- I saw Rohan tweet recently something about them not having a, a go-to play at the end of games and and like those little things. So, I mean, I do understand that part of it. And I think part of it stems from the fact that the things that they, that were used to them doing really, really well, they've done well. I mean, it's so weird because they lost these last two games. They still got the least losses in the Eastern conference. Yes. It's like, it's, it's like they've how, only lost how- 10 home games all year. I know. So it, part of this feels like, what are we getting too riled up um, about offense and about these little finer points? Um, so that's why I think like it just puts the magnifying glass on the relationship aspect of the team that much more. I do mm-hmm. think their offense deserves concern. I think they they post up. Uh, what are they? They're twelfth in offense this year behind the Celtics, which we always make fun of them for their crappy offense. And, you know, they're 12th and they're, they're winning games with defense. They're fifth in defense. And that has been a sliding scale because when Jimmy was out and it was Kyle and Bozos. Yeah, um, I was going to say. And I'm not calling them Bozos, but Kyle and a bunch of G-leaguers and undrafted dudes. They were, they were top they were, 10. They were lighting everybody up. It was like yeah. spread, pick, and roll, you know, kick out to shooter, boom, boom. Not a lot of handoffs unless they have a drop man. And that was it, right? And then now it's... Like you said, they don't have a go-to play. They're a little unorganized there. You know, I like when Kyle runs pick and roll with Jimmy. They don't do it a lot. Yesterday they did it, and Jimmy's just kind of rolling. It was rolling into help, and guys are helping off of PJ because he hasn't been the same. You know, so that stuff is concerning to me. But last night, Leif, their defense was a fucking mess, and that's not who they are. No. That that three that Poole or Wiggins got at the end, that last one, that was a 100% blown coverage on a night that you were absolutely... Imbe- like, that's the kind of shit that, you know... And Jimmy was, like, a disaster for the first half. And I've always said, like, you know this, I've said, you know, Jimmy, as his best, has been better than Bam as a defender in their 10 years as they've coincided. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case since Bam has come back, and he's lost a little bit of edge there. And I wonder if that's where this starts. Cause one thing is like, you don't have it offensively, but like they all Jimmy, bam, PJ, Kyle, you know, Spo pride themselves as a defensive kind of minded unit. And that just wasn't there yesterday. And I think at times I'm not going to say he takes possessions off. I'm just going to say that he's not at the level that you can expect from him. No. And I think uh, like to that point, in in past seasons, although we may not love all the marketing ploys done, there were defensive player of the year metrics shared across the board for Jimmy and Bam. And yep. this year, you're not seeing any metrics shared for Jimmy. Um, and it's all Bam. And so I think that that just also speaks to it as well. Also, I'm not going to let you get away with the fact that you text me out of nowhere today and said, would I take Jordan Poole or Tyler here? I asked. I asked. It was a conversation in a group chat. I asked you and I asked Troppy Baby. <laughs> You want to know what Troppy Baby said? What did he say? He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mince words. Tyler, but it's not by too much. 
Yeah, he's thinking about it too much. It's Tyler, clearly. <laughs> I listen. I think, but y'all know I'm a homer. <laughs> would you, I, I, I had to ask because I, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, that Jordan Poole guy's fucking good. And he, uh, he did I, coming off the heels of the other night. Probably people are like, shut Trump, up, mate. Trump. <laughs> my son, I'm pumper. I actually do have a question though about mm-hmm. like the offense past two years already. So how much of this is Duncan just because obviously we know Jimmy and Ben kind of occupy the same spaces on offense. It could be a little difficult. 2020, they looked great, but also it's because Duncan was doing historical shit from the three-point line. So how much of that now is if Duncan is just a really good shooter rather than 45% from three, how much was his crazy year just covering up what may have been issues that were already there? I've said this a ton, Kenny. Nick Nurse found something in the bubble where he put OG Ananobi on BAM. And from that day on, it shifted. Because no one ever switched that action. Because why would you ever switch? You always put your smallest guy on Duncan, or they were at at the time. Mm -hmm. Or you put like a, like a, you know, just a guy to chase him around. Are you really going to switch that, a twig onto BAM? Bam is a, a specimen of a human being. If you if you stand next to Bam, you're like, I didn't know they make people this size. Like he is like an Adonis of a man. He's huge. He's strong. He, that dunk he had yesterday, where that that one oh, under the radar, actually. off one foot. You know, you didn't even think he was gonna make it, and for he looked like yeah. he got higher after he was descending. He was like, he's an incredible athlete. Why would anybody want to switch a guard onto him? And Nick Nurse is like, bet. I, and, I see that you're still sneaking the Raptors onto these shows. No, <laughs> but that was a turning point for them because they're like, we can switch and then we can front on the entry pass and they can't punish us. And Bam's a bad post-up player and all his numbers are bad. And that's against mostly switches. And teams are like, fuck it, we'll switch that. So they switch their favorite action. And they don't have a response. Their only response, and it was in the bubble, it was, all right, let's get Jimmy to switch bus. Let's find a George Hill, a KCP, mm. a Kemba Walker, and Jimmy's going to put him in the blender. Milwaukee last year, the, quote, credit to Bud. Hedge and recover. They weren't letting Forbes get caught on a switch. They were keeping the drop man low because they know that Jimmy's not going to shoot. You know, Frank Vogel did... I thought another thing that has been replicated was put Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler and just drop and they couldn't do anything. And, and Maxi Kleba was that they, doc rivers did that with Embiid, put him on Jimmy. Um, and then they just left a wing on bam because they're not scared that he's going to punish them. And unless they're going to offensive rebound you to death, Leif, what they don't have an advantage. Can he hit on it? Like, I think there's some validity to say that the, crazy shooting and the kind of just like what was following Duncan around that season in terms of attention to his shooting could probably mask a lot of stuff at some points. And I know that like you're getting down into the playoff matchups where, um, you know, Duncan didn't necessarily light anything on fire, but I, I was sitting next to Nikias in the shot, the, the Hornets heat triple overtime, Jimmy's worst shooting game that game. And I, you know, we're talking heat bucks and I, and, and I'm like, so is it as easy as like when they switch on to Jimmy with the length that Bam just needs to dominate his matchup and that's as easy as how they're going to win that series. And he goes, nah, I actually think it has way more to do with the shooting. And if the shooters make shots in that series, I think that that's the key to it. And it had me kind of, you know, taking it back a little bit, thinking about it differently. So I think Kenny's onto something that like, yeah. If these guys shoot well, and I know this is like super cliche, if the team shoots well, they're going to go far. But like, miss league. like this particular <laughs> roster, they really need the shooters to be like awesome. We got shooter shit. <laughs> they yeah, and because because we see what happens when both Duncan and Max are off. The offense is just com- worse than in the mud. And they so need there is two of the that. tres leches. They need two. <laughs> Always. They can't do with one. They need two leches, not it's never three. The, the three of them never play well together. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. It's a problem when the Leches are all like two of them are on very small contracts. Yeah, the Leches are just on just, you know, especially Max. Oh, God, Max was just a no show yesterday. That was the other thing, Leif. The bench, you know, Jimmy what was it Jimmy, Kyle, Bam and Duncan combined for like 80 something points, which, you know, I think you take that most nights. Uh, yeah, the bench lose. just gave them flat out nothing. Oladipo gave them seven. Right. A mechanic gave them six. And that was it. Nothing from Struess, nothing from Martin, nothing from Keefe. Um, you know, they have not won games that way. They've won games by having a massive disparity, which their bench unit, part of that is Tyler, and part of that is Deadman's injury because when Deadman was healthy, he and Tyler would run rough shot over bench units. They were like plus 20 at one point for the season in like a not insignificant sample. Um, Oladipo, you know, three for 11, you know, I'm not going to judge him yet. You know, he's yeah, still no, working he's, into it. But yeah. I, I did think, Leif, it was interesting. They closed the game with Oladipo. And I, it didn't look great. The spacing is cramped. I don't think they have enough. But I did think that was interesting. And they didn't go Duncan, who I didn't think played bad. I don't know, what, what the hell? Is, why does Spoon never close with Duncan? I don't get that. He's never done it. Even, no. even, the, even, the yeah. good, even the 2020 year. I mean, Riley joked at the beginning of the damn year. He's like, he would close on a bad team. Like he said that in the, <laughs> in the first press conference of the damn season. So I, I don't, but like to your point about the bench, when you don't have Tyler coming off of it, Golden State had 42 off the bench too. So then it yeah. really feels like you're lean on the bench. We do that to other people. Correct. Exactly. So it's like that role reversal don't feel so good. But you know what? I do want to give credit to Gabe Vincent also because he's been out, and I'm not sure how much he would have helped yesterday. Although the the Warriors bench did would have go put off. a damn body on someone. Yeah, but more so the Philly game. I think with Tyler not shooting well that game anyway, and with Tyrese Maxey hunting those switches, I feel like they could just put Gabe out there and kind of stop the water from running sooner. So I do want to give Gabe a little credit. He has been out also. Maybe that hurts some. But you don't want to mortgage your wins and losses on Gabe Vincent at the same time. The team does have to be better. But I do want to give some credit to Gabe. It's like we can't make it. Like, they lost to, like, a shitty Warriors team that just lost to the damn Magic on the second night of a back-to-back, right? Yeah. yeah. Bro, you can't do that. Those guys no. lost. I was to- making fun of Philadelphia a couple of days ago, and then they beat us with nobody. Bro, me too. So, like, <laughs> that doesn't work out for me. That can, one can didn't we- feel bad, Leif, because, like, Maxi hit a bunch of stupid shots yeah. at the end of the game. And yeah. the block on, on Caleb, you're just like, Whatever. Who's the other fat dude they had? They had like oh two or God. three, yeah, three like pointers. Corkmaz. Yeah, that guy. There's Fuck. another fat guy too. Yeah. They got a couple um, YMCA yeah. framed yeah. folks. Yeah, that's the they're other. They're like one. they're like they're shaped like frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah. just, they're like totally at like Villanova. Is that the call? Over there. Shout out to Larry. Yeah, like fucking frat boys at Villanova. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. The Philly one. I mean, the Philly one bothers me because it's like fuck Philly, dude. Like I don't want. I don't like the Sixers. I don't like anything. Those motherfuckers stand for. But you can understand it. The one at home against Golden State, when you just had the same scenario take place on the road, it's like you think you would be, I don't know, and then things cratered worse. Like that's where it makes, I can't say it enough, this Knicks-Nets, like two games, like to see how they respond. It's going to tell us, if they come out flat against New York, the fan base is going to have the dirty pants, as Dan Levitard used to call it in the (laughs) big three era. Eleven booty. Well, right? yeah, so yeah, but that, like that too. They don't have anybody playing. Like I just saw Ira tweet out the damn injury report. I'll, I'll pull it up. Like and they, like they always do this. When Jimmy had that shitty game against the Bucks, he didn't play the next night. Like, oh, Jimmy's dealing with a sore, whatever. So Ira's report, um, he's questionable so, tag right now. Yeah. So Gabe Vincent's out, toe contusion. Victor Oladipo out. Jimmy Butler questionable. Kyle Guy out. Tyler Hero questionable. Caleb Martin, questionable with a knee now. 
which I'm like, I don't like that. At least it's not the Achilles. Uh, Duncan Robinson, questionable. Achilles, that's not good. Um, Smart, out. Tucker, questionable. Knee. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is Kyle and Max show. Kyle, Max, and Bam show. They've essentially made it where the Heat will have no prop bets up until like, you know, (laughs) 30 minutes into the game because we don't know who the hell is going to play. Um. I don't know. I, I think that they they need more games with all the rotation. I hope that is they that don't on purpose? start sitting. Pe- what? I feel like the injury report. Is on what the fuck is I that? Think so. I think it has to be. I think they, they. I think they care a lot more about the Nets having anybody there for that because that could end up being a first round matchup. And so Knicks, eh, you can, I guess I don't want them to lose because Nick fans are so fun to make do fun you of. Wanna lose, <laughs> do, do you want to lose? Do you want to lose RJ Barrett? Thank God we're off of hangover time tomorrow. I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, they can't do this Philly game, this Golden State game, and then, like, the Knicks just – it doesn't matter what state the Knicks are in. Like, you can't have them come in and win. Like, that is going to be 9-1-1. I'm not even going to be able to sunshine pump that one. Fire drill at shit. Cortez won't even be able to spin that. You know, it's just going to, we're all going to, we're all going to be, and thankfully it's on a Friday so we can forget about it until the next That's day. That's true. Yeah. It would kind no of, you programming. know, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Friday games are great because if bad shit happens, you just be like, that's ah, the weekend. You know, we're not potting. I ah, forget about it. You know, let's move on. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they I mean, Leif, they can turn their, I mean, again, they, there's no season to turn around the fucking one seed. Let's say they fall and they're the two seed or the three seed. That's a huge accomplishment. Enormous. Minnesota fans talking shit last night. I'm like, you would kill to have this season. Oh, for sure. It's all what, are you, what are you doing? Get out of here. You would do anything to have. The, Miami's having a better season than I think you've probably ever had in like any of your lifetimes. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm looking here. They're 10 games above 500. Minnesota, this is like a championship season for a franchise Good like for them. So you just have to understand that. Like, they feel like they're in the mix and they're in the seventh seed. Like, they're in the seventh <laughs> seed. But they're in the mix, you know what I mean? But, like, there's nine games left. The timing is weird on all of this. So, but do you got a point. Like, they can turn this around. If they come out and blitz these two teams and they look connected again, I think we can all forget about it pretty quickly. If they vanquish uh, the the Kyrie and Durant, like, Nets, yeah. that's just... That'll be good. I bet good nobody will talk juice. about it. You get the juices flowing. Nobody yeah. will talk. Nobody will say shit. Saturday game, nobody will say anything. Is it even nationally televised? I got to check. I don't, I don't think it is. Probably not, but they might need to add that. NBA TV. What are yeah, we? What are we? The Pacers? <laughs> oh, because it's like March Madness. That's why. Round matchup. March, oh, yeah. Guaranteed NBA TV. These fucking college kids. I, we've never been the NBA TV series. It's, Thank God for that. It sucks when you don't care about college basketball. I just feel like it's, it just feels like it's in the way. It does. It just. I'm just like, why? G really hates it. You know He's what I mean? It's like. It. Shout out to the Canes. Are they still in it? I think they so. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a good chance to get to the Elite Eight. Wisconsin lost. I know but that's that. the uh, the extent of my analysis. That's, yeah, <laughs> all I know is that I really wanted the Heat to draft Kenny Kaji that year. You remember that, Leif? I do. I was I in do. on I Kenny Kaji. Well, I was the only college basketball I've ever watched. And I was like, I like this Kenny Kaji. Stretch big, perfect front court partner for Bosch. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> there's there was a there's a couple guys that went through there that I wanted the Heat to get, and it never happened. Um, Larkin's I still a, want Walker. Larkin's somehow. a class trader. Do you remember what Larkin said when he was on the Nets? He's like, you talk shit about Miami as a city. I was like, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You, you out then. Class he ain't trader. from Miami, though, is he? <laughs> is, Maybe is I'm wrong. Dad, I don't know. Where, where does dad play baseball? Does the dad play here? Like Dog, St. Louis asking me like baseball that? questions? Yeah. That's no, like I think I, pop music you think questions. I know baseball? Just kidding. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, baseball is only cool when you're at the game not paying attention to it anyway. I went out with a girl and she asked me if I liked baseball. And I was like, you are barking up the wrong tree. She's like, you like baseball and Formula One? I go, I like tennis and basketball. That's all I got for you. Yo, the last baseball game I went to was the 1997 World Series game. I was like a little kid. I ain't ever been back to a a baseball game since then. The last baseball game I went to, Brass's brother got so drunk, he had to get his stomach pumped as as Alf and I went to Bull Bar. (laughs) That's I a true story. And Brass Brass missed us going to Bull Bar. Brass and Bull oh, Bar doesn't exist anymore. An alleged, 
that's a shame. You know, and you know what happens to Bull Barley. I do. Brass missed it. Yeah. Yeah. We want a heat Twitter group. Um, I want to close out the show with a couple of things. I want to ask you specifically, both of you, about the Celtics. Because I was talking to our homie Kev, and he's like, have you guys talked about the Heat and the Celtics? And I go, to be honest with you, not really more than a passing thought because Alpha's scared of them because they haven't really played a real game yet. They, You know, the Celtics are 3-0, but none of those games have mattered. I think the, the only game that was healthy was the first one, and that one felt mm-hmm. anomalous. That was in their, like, 6-1 and one start or whatever. And that that just felt like a schedule loss. I think it was like four games, five nights or whatever. I straight up, and this is going to be like me gutless after I did the rant yesterday and all that shit. That's the one matchup I don't watch. I don't really know how they win that. Especially if Caleb's not like springy. You know what I mean? Like they present every issue that you could see their defenses. I mean, they have the number one defense in the league right now ahead of the Warriors and the Suns. They switch everything, which is Miami's problem. The, the putting um, Time Lord on the weak side as a helper just absolutely neuters even like their advantages if they get a slip off Bam. So if they like how they did in the playoff in the bubbles, you know, what they were doing was running Gore and Bam pick and roll. They would switch, Bam would slip, and then that help rotation came. And then Bam was picking guys apart with Jimmy as a cutter or whatever. Rob is so good. He makes that pass really hard. He comes really early and he comes with a lot of size because that help used to be really, really small. Because they would mm-hmm. leave whether it was Tice or whoever the fuck or Grant Williams or whoever on the ball with Bam. Now they'll put a four. It might be Tatum. It might be Brown. It might be Smart. And then they'll have the size coming in to help. So now they can't even run their little slip actions. And unless they do that empty corner stuff, which might be a little bit difficult because the Celtics can just switch everything. I'm not too sure how they score Leif. And I think that Miami can do a good job kind of keeping them in check defensively, but I, I just really don't see how Miami scores. That That's a free throw series. That's how they would have to win it. That's horrible. I, I don't, because oh, I think you're right. Like a lot of that stuff is applicable. Milwaukee and Boston are the, t- the two teams that I um, would least like to match up with. Oh, I like um, Milwaukee. And- Really? I mm. like it. I like, I like them. They eat draw. Schematically, I could be talked into it, but there's just something about, I don't know. I want the um, trilogy, man. I want the trilogy. That'll be fun. I want that. But yeah. I wouldn't be as scared of Boston as like you really painted them as a juggernaut. And I, I know since the turn of the new year, they've been yeah. that basically. Um, but again, like we talk about peaks and valleys of a season and peaking too early, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like, let's just see how they make it through the first round um, before. I, I don't know. I just feel like if Jimmy's on his game, if Bam is aggressive, like all the things we always look for. They get to the line enough. They can they can mitigate some of that switching mm-hmm. stuff. But it is concerning a little bit. Since All Star break, the Celtics are twelve and two, with the best net rating in the league. By the way, the Magic, the feisty Orlando Magic, have the number one defensive rating post All Star break. I think it's funny. Yeah. See, so yeah, I was just gonna say, um, they scare me defensively, not so much offensively. Because yes, while we know what Jason Tatum is capable of on the offensive end in the positive. We also know what he's capable of on the offensive end negative. He, his shot selection does get a little weird at times. There are ways to, like, kind of slow them down in a sense on that end, but you are right about the defense. I don't see any holes in the defense necessarily that would, that would kind of motivate me a little bit to be a little bit like, okay, well, calm me down a little bit because, like I said before, last time they played, against Boston. Robert Williams was just young, athletic, undisciplined, jumping at everything. His IQ is way up now. He's making all the right rotations. He's not falling for a ton of pump fakes and stuff like that, so you can't just outsmart him anymore. So that concerns me, but their offense that also gets stagnant, similar to the Heats, even though they have the offensive talent like Tatum and Brown. So it's pretty much what Leif is saying. It's going to have to be a real dog fight, and the Heat is just going to have to find a way to pull one out. I know it's going to be a hideous series if it does happen. Fucking rock fight. Yeah, like, so it's possible. Pat's going to love that it. Is, that is the only team that gives me any concern, really. Pat's going to love it. The game's going to be in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. It's no, I mean, there's all kinds of matchups there. And, I mean, I'm happy that the Derek White acquisition hasn't been that yeah. great. Because I, I, I did think initially when I first saw it, I'm like, ooh, that's a heat killer moment. Ugh. 
but mm-hmm. he's been he's doing well. Average. He's just not shooting well enough for them. But I mean, he is. So I, I was obviously kind of like thinking, like, well, who closes for them? I don't think Horford can survive in a series against Miami. That's where I was kind of leading. You know? Yeah. So like, they're going to have to go white because, and I think White's the guy that Jimmy has to hunt, right? Because it's not going to be smart, mm-hmm. Jalen Tatum. Or, or Rob, and it's going to have to, and White's, I mean, White's a really good defender. So, you know, hunting Derek, I mean, but so is KCP. KCP is a good defender and so is George Hill, but Jimmy's mm-hmm. just going to have to find the dude that he's stronger than. I think that's a Kyle and Bam series more than anything. I think that Jimmy yeah. might get a little, they might put Rob on Jimmy as we've seen. They might, you know, Tatum's really long and, and Joe is Jalen. That, that to me is a Kyle series. And I, I, I still I have right. Kyle, mm-hmm. man, superhuman in the bubble against them when they lost that amazing seven game series. He's late. I was talking to Alex came over to my house to watch this, the Sixer game. We were talking about um, just how Kyle functions as a processor. He's not like LeBron levels, but he sees the floor and what's going to happen so much quicker than even Jimmy and bam. And he's only not LeBron level. Cause he ain't six, nine. Yeah. <laughs> and LeBron so see that much further over everybody. <laughs> But otherwise, he's absolutely got that same vision. It's crazy. He's like, yeah, I didn't realize it until I got to watch him every night. He's a genius. Like, he's like a legit basketball genius. Like, he just sees yeah. shit. And he's so, uh, Zach Lowe uses the, the term persnickety and, and almost defiant in how, like, he doesn't want to shoot or shit. He has a very, I don't even know if quirky is the right word. It's just, you know, he's a fucking weird guy and he plays weird. But when he's on, as you've seen, like, he'll, you know, it's funny because he'll be adverse to shooting and he'll be the fucking fastest guy to pull up off a handoff. Like he'll go up mm-hmm. like he's not even like fully around the screen yet and he's going up. Right. And he'll he'll be so trigger ready. And other times it looks like that shit has the safety on. You know what I mean? It's truly like those. Go ahead. Like, oh, sorry. Cause you were like those games early in the season where he'll look terrible for three and a half quarters and then he'll just score 14 straight. And he's like, where did this come from? So I see you. I see what you're saying. He can probably manipulate, you know, if he can get if he can get Rob on him, and and Caleb did some of this, you know, when when he would get switched on to him, Caleb was kind of beating him consistently off the dribble. Mm-hmm. That's something I can see Kyle kind of going at for them, and it, and he's going to be able to. The Celtics are going to collapse, and they're going to send help off the corner man, whether that's PJ or hopefully it's not Jimmy or whatever. But you know, he's going to be able to kind of pick that help apart, and that's kind of where I can see a little bit of daylight for them, and then kind of get Bam going. On the side of the Bucks, I don't really know how Miami stops them from scoring because Miami is just so principled of we are going to help from the corners, we are going to stunt on the drives, we're going to send a ton of help, and we are going to vacate the corners and we're going to rotate. Milwaukee gets the ball out so quick when help comes, and that's why those, those games are always like Chris Middleton three-point bonanzas, right? So both teams score a ton of points, but Milwaukee... You know, if if Lopez isn't right, I don't really know how many options they have. And they might have to put Giannis at the five because they can't drop. And and Leif, they were doing stuff. The game in Miami, when they didn't have Jimmy and Bam, they put Giannis at the five because they were running, they were handoffing them to death with Portis. They put Giannis at the five and Giannis was playing at the level of the screen. He wasn't switching, but he was at the level and they were using PJ at the five to trigger handoffs. And the way that PJ was able to seal Giannis and they were able to get Max or whatever shooter, I think the fourth quarter was Max. It was a Max went crazy game. They just can get offense against them because they just don't, they can switch, but they don't do it enough. And if they start switching guys like Middleton, who I think has slipped a, a bit as an on-ball defender, and guys like Connaughton and other uh, some of their other kind of weaker links on defense, they lose advantage of it. what they have. Mm-hmm. And I just, man, if not for a weird game, Vincent inbound, they're three and one, and they have a win in their building and two blowouts in Miami. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're really, really good. And that series is going to be a six or seven. That series is going to be so fun, like aesthetically and like tactically. But man, I just because like the Bulls don't scare me. The Sixers no, don't. Yeah, no. The Sixers don't scare me. No. Um, and Beaton will have to put up forty a night, and he could do it. But like, he'd have to put up forty a night for them to like legitimately, I think, have a chance. Um, yeah. No, it's Milwaukee and Boston. Yeah. So I'm fucking, dude. I'm so ready for the playoffs, and it kind of sucks that that happened yesterday because we should all be like gearing up to like, all right, guys, you exactly. know who we want, you know. 
you know, who's coming in here to get their ass kicked. And now we're like, oh, my God, now we got we got to go in Boston. Now we're only a game. Over. So, you know, it's 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 tough. Um, Man, Leif, I love you, my man. Thank you so much for making the time oh, for us. For, sure. for coming on. Uh, I kept you a little long. I'm sorry, but I. Oh, it's all good. I, you know, if I have you to talk hoops, you know, sometimes I'll call you on a weekend and shit to pick your brain. But, you know, it's nice to do this uh, with the people. For sure. And I'll be back soon uh, when we are uh, getting ready to head into the NBA finals. I think it's customary after we you get into it. the yeah. finals that I always come visit y'all again. So I'll see on. you then. We got the guts for this, man. This is just a little blip in the, re- in the on the road here. We got this. <laughs> Sunshine Pumper has logged on. Make sure to check out All Leif Does with Five on the Floor. Floor is yours. Um, five reasons of the great work Ethan and Alex and, and everybody over there does. Uh, Brady Hawk, you know, star in the making. Let me say something. Brady. Brady knows how to social media, man. Brady knows how to Twitter better than any of us. Brady, Brady's he's, the king. He's building it at an unbelievable level. Elite, elite. He is, he's elite at Twitter. He just he fucking pumps shit out, and you're just like, damn, Brady makes great points. Killing it. Shout out to <laughs> I everybody. gotta go. Shout out to everybody over at Five Reasons. Shout out to Kenny. Happy birthday, Siobhan. Not on today, but it's Bond's birthday. We love her. We appreciate her. Shout out to the great bond. We have an announcement coming up in about an hour at, at MIA Heapbeat. So check that out. And we will see you guys uh, on Saturday for a Weird Off pregame show. No hot or wrap tomorrow. Uh, peace. Whoa, whoa, whoa.